1: Spoilers, I am Adam. And so begins the busiest week of the beginning of the year, between the Academy Award nominations coming out today. Uh, I think they're out now, actually. I haven't read them yet. Uh, It's 9.15 almost. In the morning, and I I haven't read the Academy Award nominations yet. I have to go to work. Um, But I'll read them. I'll do an episode probably tomorrow um, with my predictions. Um. Yeah, I think I have it on schedule for tomorrow. Tomorrow morning we have a Sundance movie um, that I will be seeing. Um, sometimes I think about dying, the uh, the new Daisy Ridley feature. Um, that will be tomorrow morning. I'm probably going to get a Sundance shirt, too. Because even though I'm attending it virtually, I am still attending the festival, and that's should be my new thing. Get a t-shirt from every festival I go to. Anyway, we are here to talk about... Well, b- Before we talk about The Last of Us, episode two, I want to talk about this fucked up the, the Razzies. The Razzies have, you know, a, a checkered history. I think The Shining won Worst Picture in 1980. Um, and, and it's like, they, they had that category, Worst performance by Bruce, uh, Bruce Willis in a movie, and then it came out that he had aphasia, and it's like, oh shit, we look dumb. Um, and it's like, at the end of the day, who cares, like, all of that. But like, there are a few things that really stuck in my craw a little bit. Um, About this year's nominations First and foremost Nominating the girl from uh, Firestarter For worst actress That's just not right I'm sorry Where did that decision making process come from Where it's like Okay well we're gonna nominate her For worst actress Because She's 12 years old Like what the fuck that is colossally fucked up that you nominated her in that category. That's number one. Number two, um, da- nominating Daniel Espinosa for worst director for um, *Let the be not *Let the for *Morbius*. Now *Morbius* is a shitty movie. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying *Morbius* is a shitty movie, but *Morbius* um, is just. It is the product of studio intervention. I said it when I saw the movie. You can, When you watch this movie, you can see that there are too many hands in the pot. There are too many people trying to change what's happening in the movie and you end up with this jumbled mishmash of nonsense that is kind of just not great. Because you can tell there are like three or four different cuts of a movie that are getting spliced together intermittently. Characters have different robotic limbs that they have in one scene and don't have other, there are characters like the whole thing with him going to the like he he can't go back to the lab and then he goes to the um, he goes and, and, and takes the uh, the that they're making counterfeit money and takes their stuff because he can't go back to the lab and then they go back to the lab anyway but it's like but the police are watching this place so why like the, you can you can tell by watching the movie that this is not entirely his fault sure there are things that are his fault in the movie. Um, but to say he's the worst director and then for The Contractor I don't even know who directed The Contractor um, with with Chris Pine and Kiefer Sutherland for for this that movie to not get nominated where there are just basic issues with cinematography that that are you know like fundamental misunderstandings of the principles of cinematography in that movie it it, it just boggles the mind it's just they want attention that's what it is it's they want attention, and I'm giving it to them, so they succeeded. Anyway, um, yeah, so the Razzies, their nominations are out, um, and, uh, the Academy Award nominations, I believe, are out, um, so when I do my weekly streaming recap for Smithtown Chronicle, um, I will know if, uh, Women Talking got nominated for, uh, Best Picture, um, I'll have to look that up before I do that, um, now. Which probably helped ticket sales to my, my screening on Saturday's so I'm gonna be crowded as fuck. Anyway, um, I covered all of that. The Last of Us, episode two. Um, it wasn't until someone pointed it out to me that I realized that Tess is being played by Anna Torov, and I was like, oh shit, that, she was on Fringe. Um, and, and, now that I know that, um, it's a cool little thing to know, um, so, Yeah. other thing so I, I really like this episode I like the design of the clickers I like that I'll, like this is something that feels a lot like this episode felt a lot like a video game in so much as like they're going around and then like Ellie's going around and fucking around like because you're not playing as Ellie you're playing as Joel you play playing the game um Ellie's going around and again I'm gonna full disclosure I have not played past episode one in the game I've gotten as far as episode one. um I think yeah, I got out of the city into the the wider city. Um, like I added a little, you know, starting area into the wider city um, with Ellie. Um, and that was also almost a decade ago. So looking at this, I'm like, wow! That, like this is really cool. Like the design of the world, the whole like that whole intro thing with the origin of the virus. I really like that they're not doing the walking dead route and leaving that ambiguous. I, I love the exposition about how the world got to this state because that's just as important as anything else happening in the in the show. Because when we talk about environmental storytelling, which is something I've been hearing a lot talking about with The Last of Us, and, and you get it a lot with video games, there's this idea that they're not going to tell you the story directly, you're going to look around and figure things out. I think that that works in a video game because you get to interact. You, you get to control what you interact with. So like uh, you can go around and you can find a business card for Murdoch and Nelson in Spider-Man and be like, oh, shit, Daredevil's in here, you can go find the Sanctum Sanctorum, um, and be like, oh, there's a Doctor Strange in this world, or see the Avengers Tower, and the Avengers are off-world doing God knows what at the time that, um, you know, the first Spider-Man game happens, or in, in this, like, at one point, you can, um, you go through Ellie's bag in, in, the game, from what I've read, um, and you, you find more information about Ellie, and it's that kind of thing where it's like, you... You look at it that way. Um, and, and environmental storytelling can happen in movies, but I think part of the problem is like I—I I, I was watching the, you know, I, I'm watching the show, and like there's this building that's half collapsed onto another building, and everything's all destroyed and everything, and I'm like, how the fuck did a zombie apocalypse, a, 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 like a, a zombie apocalypse, cause this? And for them to kind of lay it out in that opening where it's like. Oh, so this thing—the Cordyceps—I uh, guess it's still a fungus because that's the thing—is that it's it, it just not spores; it's just a—it's a—it's a, it's a fungus that can transfer person to person um, through a bite, and like that idea—it's um, like this virus has never survived in humans before, and there are fourteen people who are alive now could have the virus, and they're on, the run in Indonesia, and, and they ask the woman, and it's like, what do we do with this, if this is, if this is going on, how do we handle this, and and she said, you have to bomb the fucking city, like, you can't, just take me home, to be with my family, and just bomb this fucking city, and it's just like, holy shit, like, that, that, that level of, like, seriousness to it is just so great, and then for, um, for, to, to see it later... And she just destroyed. It's like, oh, and then she they, they listened to her too, and they did that because if you look at like and then for the, oh, this is where the bombs fell, and uh, when Nelly asked that, it's just like oh shit, they listened to her and they did what she what she said to do, and it's like that's fucked up. Um, it, it's it's such a well constructed world, and I think that, like I said, they could do that through environmental storytelling in. the in the game, but you have to be more explicit in a TV show, because a TV show you're going to have a lot going on, and you're going to be you're not choosing to go down these little alleys to tell you more of the story in the same way that you are in a video game and they're handling it very well Um, and I think that that's really the strength of this show Um, and I think that that's one of the things that comes from taking a show that has a strong narrative, again that has a strong narrative thread to begin with and then expanding that out to be a TV show If you have a TV show with a strong narrative thread to begin with, you have more room to, um, to, to look at, like, okay, so what are the other things we need to do without just developing the story? Because, like, with something like Sonic, they do a great job with Sonic, don't get me wrong, I loved Sonic the Hedgehog, I loved Sonic the Hedgehog 2, um, look, seeing Sonic go Super Sonic and then fight a giant Eggman robot, that's all I've ever wanted in life out of And then not only that, but also, like, it, it, it does the, uh, the post into All the President's Men, or, uh, the, what's it called, the, uh, what was the other one, the, uh, the, oh, the Rogue one into, um, A New Hope, with, uh, the, the, the intro of Shadow at the end, it's, it's, it's great, but... You also, the first Sonic game has a very straightforward story, because the game came out in 1992 and, and you know, or 1993, and you can't exactly expect it to be a particularly deep story, it's get from one level to the other, without dying, collect the Chaos Emeralds, beat the fuck out of the giant Eggman guy, like, so, building a story around that is something that they need to do, and then make you, while well, also making you care for the characters and care why is Sonic doing this exactly, why do I care if Sonic does this, you know, it's that kind of thing. Um, I think The Last of Us not having to do that narrative groundwork to be like, okay, so what's the story here? What are Joel and Ellie's goals? What are, like, what are their motivations? What are all of that? Because the base game's narrative was so good does help us a little bit. And I think that that's one of the things that's really getting lost for me. Because people are saying a lot, oh, this is the best adaptation of a video game. And it's like, well, the video game is one of the best narrative video games ever made if not the best. Um, so to sit here and be like, the the, the game is, you know, one hundred percent I think the game has to shoulder a lot of that because at the end of the day, they created a product already that is so put together and so well made that they don't they don't really need to worry about having to, to cover all of that other stuff that every other movie or TV show has to. And I think that that's something else. And, and look, I understand there are some things that are adapted that aren't good, not just in video games, but I think video games have gotten the bad rap because they, up until recently, video game narratives haven't been the best, so you have to spend a lot of time fleshing out everything um, in a way that you don't have to for The Last of Us. And I think that's the big key difference between The Last of Us and, say, um, you know, any other video game we came before this. So it'll be interesting to see how other things learn from this. I think that's the big thing we're looking at now. I mean, I know we're getting off topic from The Last of Us, but we're seeing this this big rush. In the same way in the in the mid-2010s, we saw this gold rush, quote-unquote, trying to buy comics IP. We're seeing that now with video games, with the success of Sonic, with the success of Detective Pikachu, with the success of The Last of Us. We're seeing this gold rush for everyone to go out and try and acquire these big key IPs, you know, and try to develop them into. You know, I think that, like, similarly, when they do God of War on Amazon Prime, we're going to be in a similar situation where it's like we have plenty of, you know, story to build on, we have a lot to go with, we don't need to sit here and, and, and you know, really workshop and develop out anything. It's all done for us already. All we have to do is cast well and, and do a, a screen adaptation which is going to, you know, cut down the amount of work. You don't have to break story in the way that you do for something else. Um, and as we see more narrative-driven projects product adapt it, we're going to we're going to obviously see the quality go up because then what it becomes is not a ground-up build of something in the same way that other ones were, like the Mortal Kombat movies and uh, and, and I think Left 4 Dead had a movie and, and things like that. Like we're not looking at a. a, a a, 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 like, a full buildup of narrative. We're looking at taking the narrative, readapting it for a different medium, and then taking that and putting it into, uh, what's it called? Putting it into, you know, into action with, with good casting and all of that. That's the interesting, um, so, uh, what else was there with this? I mean, the show is great. I really like, like, I think that one of my only things is that if Ellie's supposed to be 14, I think that she's playing it a little young. Um, but also that could just be she is, um, what's the call, she feels safe or something in a way she didn't before. So, like, her running around the hotel pretending to be a, like, pretending to be a, a guest, I'm like, not really the time to do this all things considered, um, but yeah, it, um, I think Tessa's sacrifice is great, uh, and the way she handles it is great, um, like, that, that whole scene is fantastic, and I think that's, you know, I, I, I I'm happy that they had her sacrifice herself instead of being the, uh, instead of, you know, turning, cause I was like, oh, they're not gonna make her turn, are they? Yeah, so there's, there's all of that, and then there is, um, hang on, the clicker designs are great, they're, they're, they have a level of, um, oh, fuck me, they have a, a level of, like, you know, scariness to them, for lack of a better word, that the walkers in The Walking Dead don't have, um, and, and they do it very well. Like, they look scary. They move quickly. Even if the virus on this show does remind me a little bit of um the one from the crazies. Uh with uh was that mid two thousands movie with Daniel Panabaker. Um yeah, it reminds me a little bit of that, but whatever. Um I don't know. it's an interesting kind of uh what's going on for here. It's an interesting show. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it's probably the show I'm enjoying the most out of everything that's currently on that I'm watching. I have not finished that night new show yet. I'm only, it's only five episodes in. Um, and that episode went up yesterday. <sighs> I'll that next weekend because I have a ton of shorts to watch. But... I think we'll wrap up there for today because it is a uh, 15-minute mark at most at work, even though I'm stuck behind this uh, train that's allegedly coming through at some point between now and the end of the universe. Oh, well. Um, so for the rest of the week, we have me and Josie could not get together for a episode of Exploring Hyperspace Lanes this week. So what I did was I took an episode of 30-minute reviews that we recorded in 2016 about The Force Awakens. Um, with the two of us. And this is a very early episode that we started in 2015. Um, this is a very early episode of the podcast that we did, um, uh, we talked about The Force Awakens. This is after it came out in theaters. I think it was still in theaters. Alright, motherfucker. Um, I think it was still in theaters when we recorded this episode, so I took that put a little intro before it. And that'll be this week's episode. Um... The same goes for 30 minute reviews, which went up this morning. Um, me and Peter couldn't get together this weekend, like we were going to. Um, and we did a, uh, there's no one on this fucking train coming out east. Makes sense though. rush hour. Everyone's going the other way. Um, the, we, we were talking, like we talked about, um, What's what we were for. We talked about it. We were going to talk about Sydney Street. Because John Carney has his new movie debuting at Sundance. And, uh... I had to cast on because I had something to come up this weekend. Um... So, yeah. After that, I guess, took an episode from, uh... 30 Minute Reviews. Uh, about John Wick... Or, an old beware of spoilers. Uh... About John Wick Chapter 2. And threw that up. Um... So, we have something for this week. Um... What else do we have uh, this week? We have if anything happens. Oh no, not if anything happens. That was a that was a, a rough one to watch. Uh, school shooting. That was that one best uh, animated short a few years ago. This was um, what was it? Um, sometimes I think about dying. We'll be up and beware of spoilers tomorrow morning, probably. Um, what's the other one we have? Um, we have that. We have. You know, sometimes you really have an. So I can watch, like, you can watch it easier, um, or like an app on your Xbox, something like that. So I have to go in, like, I don't have to like hook my laptop up to my computer, or my TV, to you know, to to watch it. Um, oh, fuck! I forgot my headphones. Um. So like that, we have something else. We had uh oh, Academy Award nominations tomorrow evening. That for 30 minute reviews. If you want to hear my thoughts on the Academy Award nominations, you can hop on over to 30-minute reviews. If you go to 30minute reviews.com, that's spelled at T H I R T Y Minute Reviews.com, you'll find the link for it. That's where I'll put up the episode about the Academy Award nominations for 2023. Um, and then there is we're going to do a short showcase at the end of the week where I'm going to talk about the, my favorite five shorts on Sundance about the Explorer Pass so I can watch all the shorts on Sundance uh, They come out of Sundance this year um also this week there's um Women Talking this weekend um I'll be seeing that and I thought there's another movie um maybe there isn't I'll eventually see Missing maybe when it goes to VOD um That's everything that we have coming up. But until our next episode, have a great rest of your week.
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for.